Hi, I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health, fitness, and well-being space to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. The show is brought to you by my company, Body Shop. We work with businesses who want to create a culture of energy, vitality, and performance that underpin well-being as a competitive advantage. Our solutions include a well-being portal, an audit service, bespoke guide, workshops, and leadership coaching. Find out more by visiting www.bodyshopperformance.com. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. I'm Leanne Spencer, your host. I hope this finds you well. If you've had kids that have gone back to school, I hope that's gone smoothly. And if you're returning to the office or thinking about that, I hope you're happy and comfortable with it, with that setup. I am actually going into somebody's office to do a face-to-face presentation tomorrow. So that'll be a couple of days after you're listening to this, if you listen to it on the Saturday when it comes out. So it's interesting. I mean, I haven't thought about asking for a screen and a projector and how many people will be there so I can bring the right number of physical workbooks and making sure I've got my HDMI cable packed and all that kind of stuff. Everything, of course, has been online for the last six months. So it's interesting. It's made me realize how much I've actually enjoyed the online element of it. You know, it simplifies a lot of things. For example, your equipment set up, you know the environment you're going to be presenting in, you don't need to pay so much attention to your attire, certainly the bottom half anyway, lots of, of things that I've quite enjoyed about online delivery, but it's also going to be good to to get back in front of people and actually get that instant feedback you get when you look out across a group of people. So, so I'm looking forward to it. This week's episode, though, has got nothing to do with all of that. It's um, Perimenopause and Me is the title I've given to this. So I'm 45, 46 in March. And um, I'm hitting or in the middle of, as the peri suggests, the perimenopause. Uh, I think I'm having a fairly easy experience so far, um, and hopefully that will stay that way, but we'll see. It's a little early to be perimenopausal, um, but my mum was a similar age when she went through it. So there we are. Um, When I say I'm getting relatively easy, um, the only things I'm really experiencing are low energy at times. Now I'm a high energy person um, naturally and I work hard to maintain that. So I think even in my low energy, lower energy moments, I'm still doing pretty well. But I mean, some of these low energy moments really are big dips in energy and I have to go to bed and lie down kind of thing. So that's one of the things I've been experiencing. Um, Another is mood. Mood can fluctuate a little bit, a little bit more irritable sometimes, Um, sometimes feeling a bit low as well, which is all quite uncharacteristic. The lows aren't particularly low and they aren't particularly frequent. So it's all very manageable. But that's the kind of thing I'm experiencing now. Some of you listening may have your own experience of perimenopause and menopause, whether that's yourself, parents, friends, colleagues, uh, spouse, um, partners, but you know, it's something that everybody should be interested in. And I'd love to see us talking a lot more about this in, in the workplace as well, because it's going to be affecting, you know, if you're 50, 50 male and female in your organization, 50% of your organization is at some point in their lives going to experience this. There's a good chance that very many of them will experience it whilst they're working for you or within your organization, in your team or in your management, on your board and so on. So I think it is something we need to talk a lot more openly about. So with that in mind, I've decided to record this week's podcast about my experience of it and what I'm doing to try and mitigate that low energy, occasional low mood. So here's um, here's the changes that I've made. And they're not, they're not huge, but they've been quite significant. Uh, the first one is around the, the amount of exercise I do. So 
in a, an effort to maintain more consistent energy levels throughout the week, I've gone from doing sort of two or three big workouts a week to doing uh, a little bit every day. Now I do quite a bit of, of activity and I suppose I split my, my fitness, if you like, from a physical standpoint into movement and exercise. Movement to me is getting from A to B and exercise is structured exercise sessions, you know, proper working out. So walking would be an example of movement and maybe doing a bit of movement snacking throughout the day. And exercise would be structured workouts, spin classes, uh, weightlifting, animal flow, that sort of thing. So what I'm doing now is trying to do 30 minutes of exercise a day. Um, and that could be long walk, for example, which we did on Monday, but it's more likely to be a bit of animal flow, a bit of weight, a bit of core, some strength or a spin class on the Peloton bike. Uh, and just do something that isn't going to totally wipe me out because I did a huge workout the other week and it took me out for about five days. I didn't have my energy energy to work out um, either physical or actually mental. I couldn't even think about doing a workout and that's quite unusual. So I think I need to take into account where my energy's at and just respond intelligently to that. So I'm doing about 30 minutes a day. So rather than go big, I'm doing a, a sort of a little and often approach, um, but I'm not counting as I track all that with the Apple Watch. I'm not counting that 30 minutes as walking. That is separate. So it's a 30 minute structured session, but it could be relatively relaxing. It could also be some foam rolling, um, some hip opener work, which is some very specific stuff that I'm doing in relation to kickboxing. So that's one thing. The second, um, you know, I talk a lot about recovery being as important as training and recovery being as important as, um, you know, it's all the effort you put into work, whether it's your career or your work or your personal life, you know, taking the step back and allowing you time to, time to reflect and recover is as important as all the effort you put into that stuff. So I'm just accepting that if I need to rest, I'm going to rest. Um, I'm going to make time for that and and not beat myself up. So I'm being a little bit more permissive, a little bit more gentle around the, the amount of rest that I'm getting. Uh, the other significant thing is really trying to sort of cap out how much sugar I'm consuming. So we know well, and in fact, um, I interviewed a menopause expert on whose name escapes me now, but I'll make sure we link to that podcast in the show notes. Ruth Devlin was her name, Ruth Devlin. Uh, and she was talking about some of the um, the basics for menopause management. And one of them was consuming, uh, controlling, sorry, the amount of sugar that you consume. So um, we have a simple little rule in this household around sugar. And it might sound a bit kiddie, a bit Mickey Mouse, but we have three tokens. They're, you know, they're not literal tokens. They're just uh, virtual tokens, if you like. And each token is uh, a cake or a pastry. So we can have three of those a week. So I had something on Monday, I had something today. I've got one token left to use until the rest of the week. Uh, so so it's just a, it's a permissive way of kind of controlling my, the amount of sugar that I have. So I'm doing that as well. Um, and the last thing is I'm just taking naps if I need to. So we've moved offices very recently. And um, one of the things that I've purchased, because we've got the space in these slightly bigger premises, is a sofa bed. So I got the sofa. Originally, I was going to get a sofa, somewhere to lie down, and somewhere for Cammy, the office dog, my beautiful Romanian rescue dog, somewhere for her to sit when she comes into the office, which she's starting to do more and more again. And then I thought, having a look at what was available, why not get a sofa bed, something that can just, you can just slide the back down. I bought a really nice tartan rug to go with it. And if I need to, in the middle of the day, I can just go and take a nap because once every couple of weeks, twice every couple of weeks, that's what I need to do. Just need to get a little bit of shut eye because my energy's dipped. 
So I'm really embracing this whole thing. You know, admittedly, it's fairly mild symptoms at the moment, but I'm just embracing it and saying, well, if you need to change the way you exercise, then do that. If you need to take some rest, you know, have a nap, let's kit something out in the office because I spend a lot of time in the office now, um, pretty much four or five days a week because everything's gone online. And one of the reasons we moved is to have really quiet, discreet premises where we don't have any neighbours so that I can deliver workshops without any background noise. So we kitted out with a sofa bed and now I'm controlling, putting more rigor and control around the amount of sugar I consume. And uh, and that's pretty much what I've been doing. And it's been helping so far. It's only been a few weeks in, but I feel like it's been helping. And I suppose bottom line is I'm just trying to roll with the punches. You know, this is something that happens to pretty much every woman. And and I just need to accept that that's the impact it's having on my energy. And it doesn't really need to be an issue in that sense. If I make the necessary adjustments to reflect that and just go with it when it happens. If I have a low energy moment, then go down on the sofa bed, have half an hour's nap, get up, crack on. So I hope that's been helpful. If you or anyone you know is going through a perimenopause, which is the process of going through the menopause, by the way, and believe it or not, it can last up to a decade. So 10 years of your life and some people have the most horrendous symptoms. I hope I swerve that. So if you know anyone or if this is you, I hope that's been helpful. And of course, feel free to share this with anyone you know who's going through the perimenopause and maybe it'll um, just give them permission to be a bit more gentle with themselves. And I'll link, as I mentioned, to the episode I did with Ruth Devlin, because that was packed full of tips through to exercise and caffeine and and sugar and various other things and also some really helpful advice on how to diagnose perimenopause as well so they really like you to diagnose on symptoms I did have a blood test and I'll actually I'll link to the blood test I did as well but bear in mind that's just a snapshot in time and it isn't always a clear indication that you are indeed perimenopausal so it's a combination I suppose of testing and and symptoms and have your GP give their opinion on that so that's it from me hope you're well hope you're staying healthy please share this with anyone who needs to hear it and uh, and thank you for your loyalty in terms of listening and I look forward to talking to you next week all the best if you'd like to find out more about what we do for companies head over to our website bodyshopperformance.com you'll also have the opportunity while you're there to take our health IQ quiz so if you'd like to find out more about how you sleep your mental health your energy your body composition digestive health and your overall fitness for the rigors of life take our short health IQ quiz and get a highly personalized report at the end That's over there at the website, bodyshopperformance.com.